because Psalm 46 is um, is a psalm where we don't know its background. We don't know the story that went behind it, but we know that it was a hard time and a challenging time. And so um, as you read in Psalm 46, you find out it was... The first part tells you who it was for, and it says it was for the sons of Korah, and it was actually a song that they would sing as a part of their worship service. Now, the interesting thing about this is that there is a, a famous um, theologian named John, uh, named Martin Luther, and Martin Luther actually wrote a song based on this hymn, on this psalm. And uh, we'll be taking a little bit of a look at that. But anyway, let's get into the passage. In Psalm 46, it makes a spiritual declaration in verses 1 and 2. And it says this, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Now, you probably have heard somebody say this over the last couple days. Um, this is a very popular psalm. I've seen several pastors post it. I've heard people talk about it. But let's take a look at what it is saying just at the very beginning here um, as it talks about this first verse. In this first verse, it's making a spiritual declaration about something that they knew about God. And there were three things that they knew about God. It, they, the first thing they knew about God is that he was a refuge or he was a safe place. You know, for them in that culture, they would actually have these like mountain castles or these places that they would go to feel safe. They get in behind the wall and in, in behind the wall of the city, they would be safe. I think today, probably the equivalent to that would be some of the richer people in life who somewhere hidden in their house, they have this panic room that they can go to this safe place where they can hide and be protected. So the first part of the verse says that God is our refuge. And he, in other words, God is our safe place. The second thing that they're declaring is that he is a source of strength. He's not only our refuge, but he's our strength. I think there are going to be days around this where we're going to just feel incredibly weak where we're going to feel a little bit overwhelmed. If you watch too much news, you're going to feel very overwhelmed at times. And yet there is this sense that there can be this inner strength. And so they're declaring that not only is he a safe place, but he's a source of strength. And the third thing that they're declaring, he, he's, he's an attentive to help. It says, a very present help in trouble. I think that we need to understand, although that we live in this world that's filled with delay, and although that we're probably put on hold some now, or we will fill something out and they'll say, you'll re be receiving an email in a day or two, or, or you go to a store and they say, we don't have that right now, but we'll have that later. God is never saying that to us. At the beginning of the psalm, as they sang this as a congregation, the people of Israel would be reminded at the very beginning that God was a safe place, a source of strength, and attentive. And, and there was a reason why this was important. And the first reason was because there were natural disasters. Maybe there was one at the time that this was originally written. And we see that. 
in verses verses two and three, it says, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, Selah. You know, there is this sense that all of a sudden, this coronavirus has reminded us of how very fragile our world is. It's amazing that a microscopic little cell thing has shut down the state of New York. Not just the state of New York, but most of the United States for right now. Some of you are sitting at home right now because you have all of a sudden slid into the category of non-essential. It's kind of frustrating and it's a little bit unnerving. But there is this sense that we should not fear even though there's natural disaster. And in this verse, you see that there was a time of natural disaster and we're seeing many levels of it. All of a sudden, in the middle of the coronavirus, I, I was looking on Facebook, and one of my dear friends from Utah was, was basically sending a message to us saying, just you want to do, all know that I'm safe here in, in Utah during the earthquake. This is an interesting time. But the one thing that we need to, to know is that we should not fear, and one of the things that we should not fear is natural disasters. Okay? Why? Because God is that safe place. He's our strength. And he can give us this ability to have this calm. I've been surprised even at myself. I can be a little anxious at times at this overwhelming sense of calm that overcomes me even in the middle of this time that we're facing today. The psalm goes on and says this. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitat of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. You know, this is interesting um, because originally I thought they were talking about Jerusalem. But there's a problem with that because there is no river that flows through Jerusalem. There's a brook called Kindred, there's, there's a, a pool called Shalom, but there's no river. And so the geography of God is in a different place than where we would think. It's not like we can go to the geography of Israel and go to Jerusalem, and that's where God is. So where is God? Well, it talks a little bit about where he is here. So let's just talk about some of what this verse is saying. Okay. First of all, it talks about God, that there's a river that flows. In other words, this is a place of refreshment. This is a source of clean water. You know, one of the people that I've been thinking about and praying for in our congregation is Jason Andrews. Jason Andrews is in charge of clean water for Lake Placid. And we've got to appreciate all these things that we can do just so easily at this time. But there is something about a cup of cold water on, on a hot day or, or that sense of refreshment. And first of all, God's home, where he is, is a place of refreshment. The second of all, we know that it's an immovable place. If you read on in that passage, you see that it talks about that. It says, the Lord is in it, in the midst of it, and it shall not be moved. 
I think it's really good to know that the place where God is isn't shakable. It isn't dispen. It's it's not um, touched by time. That God is in an immovable place. The next thing that we see is that it's a supported place. It says that God is in the midst of it, and it says God will help when the morning dawns. There, it's a place where God lives. He is where He works from. It's where He is, and it's a place that's supported. Now, this is interesting because I think all of us want to go to this place. Uh, all of us would like to be in this place. And here's the interesting thing about this place. Uh, if we read uh, in Scripture, it talks about the place where God dwells. And it says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. This is the really fascinating part about God because we're not talking about a physical geography. We're not talking about a place on the map. We're talking about spiritual reality and we're talking about the place where God can dwell is in the hearts of his people. And when he dwells there in the hearts of his people, he can be a refreshing, he can bring refreshment he can make us immovable, and he will support us. But here's the reality. Uh, this is an old, old picture. Uh, I wish I could put it on the screen, but colors just don't work so well. The reality is, is that God will not be at home in us unless we give him permission to be there. Now, there's two levels of this. The first level of this is for some of you here, if you're really honest, um, you don't have a relationship with the Lord. You've never begun that relationship. You, you don't know where a beginning is to that. You, you think, well, maybe I am a Christian because of, oh, uh, the family I come from or the nation that I live in. Um, but this is a personal invitation. Each one of us has to decide whether or not we're going to have a relationship with the Lord. The entrance key to that is even more fascinating. The entrance key to that is what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. But the most important thing you need to realize is that even in this time of crisis, the only way that God will dwell with us is if we give him permission to be there. That's just absolutely unfathomable to me. The only reason that God dwells with me and can be with me is because I've given him permission to be there. Let that sink into just a second. Think about the things that you're letting into your life right now. Uh, I, I just got a notification from my phone and it told me the number of hours that I was spending online and how they're up this week. Uh, I have let Facebook and Instagram, YouTube and Fox News, all of these different things into my life right now. I've given them permission to dwell inside of me. In the same way, we need to make sure we're intentionally letting God dwell in our lives. In fact, that was Paul's prayer. If you look in a feed, you, you look... 
if you look in Ephesians chapter 3, he said his prayer was that he wanted us to be strengthened with power in our spirit, in our inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I think that one of the things that we need to do, even um, the vice president said it, is we need to make sure that we're intentionally setting down the internet and getting on our knees and in the word. And we're making the opportunity of just this extra time that we have to be spending more time with the God who wants to live in us. The God that can be that immovable source that we need. You see, that's why John 3.16, you've probably seen this verse before, that's why it's so important. John 3.16 tells us that God loved us so much that Jesus Christ died for us. And that's how we have relationship with God. It's because Jesus Christ is our Savior. And if you have not asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior, you know, even today on the internet, this could be your day. This could be the beginning of your relationship with God, where you admit that you need a Savior. Not just to make sure that you have food and that you're taken care of and clothed, but more importantly, your, your, your spiritual life is at a deficit and you need a Savior today. It's as simple as a prayer where you ask him, Dear God, please forgive me for my sins. I'm asking you and what you did on the cross for me to be the thing that allows me to have a relationship with you. Because that's what John 3.16 says. It says that God so loved the world that he gave his son that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. You see, the only way to have a relationship with God is for Jesus to take the punishment for the wrong things you've done so that you can dwell with God. So if you haven't done that, boy, reach out to me. We need to talk about that. Or if you just prayed even that simple prayer today, you've begun that relationship with the Lord. You see, the bottom line is the geography of God and the way that he is our refuge and strength is that he dwells in us. So we've talked about the first part of this, and which is we will not fear natural disaster because God dwells in us and he is the source of strength that we need. The second part of this verse is that we will not fear political upheaval. In verse 46.6, it says this, The nations rage and the kingdoms totter. Boy, do we not see this? Think of the rhetoric and all the words that are being said. Some of them at times even foolishly because we don't completely know all that's going on. Think of all the promises that are made to us politically. And all the pontification, and it will never be that way, and it should be this way. And think of the turmoil that the world is in, politically. Uh, there is a sense that our country is divided at times. There is a sense that even our community can be divided at times by things and opinions and that. We understand this, but we're not supposed to fear political upheaval. And why is the reason that we don't fear that? The, the second part of the verse explains that. The second part of the verse tells us this. He utters his voice, the earth melts. You see, there is a big difference between political speech 
and God's powerful words. In fact, as you read on in this passage, it explains some of the ways that his powerful words, his track record of what he's done. Come and behold the works of the Lord, how he's brought desolation on the earth. There are times that we've seen that he judges. There are times that we've seen that he, he does challenging things. It goes on and it says, he makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow. He shatters the spear. He burns chariots with fire. You see, God's words are different. Think about this. Now, not all of you in the audience may agree with me, but this is what I understand to be reality. In the beginning of Genesis, it says that God spoke words and created everything that we have. He did that with words. There was times in scripture where someone would want God's words to be spoken. I, I think of the centurion who, who had the, the servant that needed to be healed. And he looked at Jesus and he said, you don't have to go, just say the words. That's why the word of God is so important because the word of God is powerful. It is the words of God. It is the reality of what God wants us to know and understand. During this time, it's really important to go back and let this be our truth, not a certain political stance or a certain group of trustworthy people. This is the most trustworthy thing because God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. But in verse 10, all of a sudden, God kind of steps into this narrative and he speaks himself. These are the words that are, above my desk and it says this be still and know that i am god i will be exalted among the nations i will be exalted on the earth you know this understanding of this idea that sometimes we just need to stop have you ever been with a person who's really wound up that are, are walking closer and closer to the edge of life and, and are, are just trying to figure out things out and all in, all you want to do in your mind is you just want to kind of in a strong way say stop just stop I think that that's what this verse is telling us. God is telling us to be still, which is means to cease our activity and know that he is God. Um, the other night, my sister called, and we were both a little nervous. We, we have a very honest relationship. She's in, in medical care, so we were talking about different things and, and all of that. And, and we got into this dialogue, and the next thing I knew, we were talking about the heritage that where we come from, the, the hard things that we watched our family go through. We, we spoke specifically of Grandma Koenig. Grandma Koenig lived into her, her 90s. She was a dear, dear woman. She went to every important event in our lives. But Grandma Koenig only had one eye because as a child, she was in an accident that took away one of her eyes, and she lived her whole life with just one eye. Well, more than that, Grandma Koenig had had polio as a child. She lived through the Great Depression. She watched two of her children die before her. She lived a long time after her husband. She lived a, another almost 15 years after her husband lived. But the thing about Grandma Koenig that was so incredible. 
is she never whined and she never complained. And she just was this strong woman. Uh, I texted my sister, I wish Grandma Koenig was here to speak to us today. How would she tell us how to handle this day? But more important than Grandma Koenig being here, we have God's word. God wants to speak to us, but for him to speak to us, we have to be still. We've got to unplug ourselves. We've got to get rid of the distractions. And and in general, that's what's happening right now. Nancy has said, I think the world is going through a bit of a reset right now. Coronavirus is creating it. But in this moment, in this time where we need to socially distance ourselves from each other, please, please, please do not socially distance yourself from your God. He's knocking on the door. He wants to be a part of your life. He's, as a gentleman, saying, if you would just be still and know that I am God, you will see how I'm going to be exalted in the nations and I'm going to be exalted on the earth. Because, see, you don't, you don't have to fear natural disaster. And you don't have to fear political turmoil because I am your God. Verse 11 was their response to God's, verse 7 and 11 are God's response, our response to God's invitation. It says, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. So, let's remember just the things that this thing, this psalm talk about. First of all, we know that God creates in us a safe place. He's our source of strength. He's attentive to, to help us. He offers refreshing. He's immovable. And he supports us. But there's one little word in this psalm that's really kind of interesting. You heard me say it at the end of verse 3, 7, and 10. The word is Selah. Now, Selah is an interesting word. We don't completely know what it means, but we're pretty sure it was a musical annotation that told them they needed to pause. You know, sometimes the strength of a song isn't all the words in the song. It's the times of silence between the words. It's the resting parts of the song. You see, for, to, for us to experience God, we need to selah. We need to pause. It's required. That's why verse 10 is telling us. It's telling us to be still and know that I am God. I, I don't know about you. Um, when we were getting ready for this podcast um, and this live stream, we did all this practice and, and Nancy would challenge me right on the ground right here. There's a piece of green tape because the more I move around, the more the camera just freaks out and things get out of focus. I want to tell you, if you are freaking out in your life 
and you're not trying to be still, God is going to be out of focus in your lives. But if you are willing to pause, to stand still, God will meet you in the middle of all the challenges that we're already facing. And I I think there are going to be more as we go through this coronavirus experience together. There is a hymn. I talked about it at the beginning. And uh, Martin Luther uh, was uh, uh, one of the Reformation pastors back in Germany. And whenever they faced something hard, he took Psalm 46 and he turned it into a song. And the song is a hymn that many of us grew up singing, which is a mighty fortress is our God. And uh, I'm not going to do the Baptist thing and just read verses one and four and skip poor two and three. But I want you to listen to quote the sermon and song that Martin Luther created when he thought of Psalm 46. You see the words at the beginning of it right there. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe does seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great and armed with cruel hate. On earth is not his equal. Did we in our own strength confide, our striving would be losing. We're not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. Does ask who that may be? Christ Jesus, it is he. Lord Sabaoth, his name, from age to age the same, and he must win the battle. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God has willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we never tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word word will fail him. That word above all earthly power, no thanks to them abideth. The spirit and the gifts are ours through him who with us sideth. Let goods and kindred go, this mortal life also. The body they may kill, God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is forever. Church, we need to take moments of stillness to remember the promises of what God wants to be for us. God wants to be in us, and and in being in us, he wants to be the very things that we need. He wants to be our fortress. He wants to be our source of strength. He wants to be attentive to help us. He wants to bring refreshment. He is immovable. And he can live 
in us. Let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you for your word. And I thank you for how strong it is. And I pray that as God's people, we would, in the middle of all the chaos, turn it all off and turn to you. That we would cease our striving. That we'd be okay with not being strong because you are strong in us. Oh God, for those who are feeling anxiety today, I pray that you would wash over them your peace. For those who are concerned and trying to figure it all out, I pray that you would show them that you are immovable, that you'll be their rock in the middle of even times that feel like sand. For those of you who don't know you, God, I I pray that they would begin that relationship with you today, that they would invite you in for the first time. For those who are far from you, I pray that they would invite you back into an acknowledged presence of their lives. And God, I pray that we could speak and connect and love people from the confidence that you place inside of us for this time. I pray this in your name. Amen. So at the end here, um, I wanted to just give a, a couple updates and uh, and a, a couple things that we need to circle in prayer today. Um, first of all, congratulations to Jordan and Aaron, we found out this week at the Great Reveal Party online that they're having a boy and um, they're letting us name it, which I just think is incredible. Thank you so much for that privilege. No, I'm kidding. Uh, But uh, we are excited for you. Um, uh, We have, we are praying that today, I I spoke to Bob Appleton last night. We're praying that today they're going to be able to get on a military plane and come home. Um, they are in a sense of peace and, uh, they're doing okay, but they're ready to come. As many of you know, they're in Honduras right now, visiting Julia and their new grandchild and Romel. And so we just want to be praying for that, um, that that would take place. Uh, continue praying for, um, the Levitt family. Um, they've had some more tests and, and Angela's going to be starting her, her, her cancer treatments, hopefully very soon. Um, uh, Jen Skull talked about a friend that she has that's um, a single mom with four kids that has meningitis in Colorado, and we need to be praying for her. I think her name is Elena, and uh, if you would remember that. And, and I really encourage you, um, if somebody's on your mind, send them a text or maybe do one better. Give them a call. Social distancing in this world of online and uh, connectedness does not have to be completely true. Um, we're going to be probably trying to roll out a way that the small groups can maybe have Zoom meetings and connect with each other um, online that way. Um, I'm working on details of that and, and we'll send out an email about that as well real soon. Um, I'm sure there's other things that we need to be praying about in the body. Um, I talked to some of our snowbirds. They think it'd be safer to be home here. And so they might be traveling in the next week or two. Sam Menzik and uh, um, 
and the Bentes. Um, I think Virginia and Ray are waiting till next month until May to come back. But um, what? Agnes Hallrock is probably headed back. Um, she has some neat news. She'll probably want to share with the body one of these days herself. Um, so um, those are just some of the details of things that I know that are going on. Um, we were are going to communicate ready by by email regularly regularly to you, and so I encourage you to make sure that we have your email address. Uh, we'll also post things online and Facebook, but. A lot of email probably so those are just some of the things that we need to be praying about as we close um, I also wanted to mention um, that uh, if you are planning on giving you can do that online now um, I always have been able to do that or or send a check we just encourage you in this day not to be sending cash uh, through the mail and we will pick that up and we will continue just to pay the bills here at the church but uh, I want you to know that uh, we are always just a phone call away if you need anything. And we will be praying with you and for you. And you'll probably get calls just checking up on you. Um, you are loved. And uh, thank you for being a part of this. Let's, let's close our time in prayer today. Dear God, I thank you for the fact that you will answer our prayer and and God, right now, we pray for people that are in the midst of the testing with coronavirus. And we pray that uh, you would, first of all, protect the people taking care of them. And the doctors and the nurses and the hospital staff. God, we pray that you would protect them. God, you, we pray that as, as we um, practice social distancing, that you would protect each one of our families, um, Lord, during this time. Lord, that you would keep us from the spirit of panic that can so easily be a part of, of what the media creates in us and that you would help us in the details of life. Lord, help us to creatively connect one to another, um, to stay in, in connection with people. I pray for the people that are, are naturally introverts, God, that, that they would push themselves to continue to connect with people. God, we pray for the Appletons, and we are, we are a praying a miracle that you will bring them back into the states, that you will take care of them, that you will work out the details of that. We pray for our members who may be traveling over the next couple of weeks. I pray for those people that are already considered unessential in our society today, and in God, my heart, my heart was deeply moved to drive down Main Street and to think of hotels and restaurants, movie theaters, and all kinds of businesses that have ceased for right now. The world is on pause, God. Help us, as your people, to be at peace in the midst of this challenge and crisis. Lord, Show us how to pray better, to connect with you more strongly. Give us courage to be helpful, to not just let self-protection be the thing that guides us the most. We pray for our, our most vulnerable, 
Uh, I think of Richard Lalonde and, and how he struggled for years with his heart issues and how vulnerable he must feel. And I pray for him and so many others that you would give them peace. And God, we look for your miracles and your touch. And we believe that even though we are out of control, you are very much in control. So bless us in every stage of life. Uh, bless the Craigs as they start their family. Bless others as they creatively figure out how to stretch their dollar beyond what they can imagine at this point. <coughs> bless those that are out in the community and having to interact. Keep them safe. And continue, God, to teach us how to be still. This world filled with distractions. We pray that we would cling most strongly to you as our God. We thank you for all of this. And we pray it in your name. Amen.